0: Over under post date
1: before Christmas. <laughs> It'll you'll you'll put it up. You're gonna be not happy about it, but you will put it up. Yeah.
0: I try not to let it get into a weekend. I'll be very sad if it's not up. Yeah. By like Saturday morning.
1: Howdy. it's Thursday, December 17th, 2020, and this is episode 139 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? My platinum status at Ocean is extended through June 2021. I'm so excited. And, and my black status is extended, even though I didn't know I was even a black status holder. I thought you knew that. Yeah, I, I may have. Have you been even since
0: you were black status? <laughs> there was a time where they, like, randomly upgraded a bunch of people.
1: Yeah, it was probably after COVID started, right? Yeah. Mm. So, so here's the question. I, I know I asked you this online, but so I have over $200 in reward dollars from Caesars. Am I gonna actually have to go in and get the COVID to get like one tier point to make them not expire? I think by the end of the year. Yeah. What is it? December 31st is the expiration
0: date. Uh, I believe so. I mean, there's a bunch of ways that you can game that if if you're if you're so inclined, and people probably know better ways than this. But one is the credit card. Which you know I, I you really want to? Sign I will up absolutely or not do that to preserve your your rewards credits. No, there's also the say and play survey system, which blows its torture. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's Total Rewards Dining, where you just give them a credit card that you use for dining, and if you happen to dine at anywhere that's affiliated with Total Rewards Dining, you get like one rewards credit per dollar. But I don't know if that. Processes fast enough to save you at this point. Like even if you were to order takeout, yeah. there is a place in like Burtonsville. So even if you were to order a takeout from them tonight or tomorrow, I don't think that that would process fast enough for you.
1: Ah, COVID it is. Well, so if I transfer all my points to windham or whatever, and I know I can't transfer all of them because there's some low limit to it, I yeah. wonder if that will do anything for me. Well, listeners, I'm sure you you know better than us, so you can you can inform us after the episode what the best way is for me to keep my reward credits alive. Do you have any Wyndham points? I do not believe so. Yeah. I could have Wyndham points when I transfer them from Caesars to Wyndham and then back to Caesars. Yeah,
0: I wonder if that would be like, <laughs> retrigger the
1: date. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. All right, listeners, I'm counting on you. I'm sure there's a good way to do this. Somebody knows. Absolutely yeah. somebody knows. I mean, worst comes to worst, I can like buy whatever the cheapest thing is out of the store using reward credits, which is like 2,000 reward credits or something. But I don't want some $20 piece of crap really that's true it's like a battery backup for your phone or whatever hey that sounds great
0: (laughs) i always need battery backups my phone i have to charge my phone like twice a day it's a very old phone yeah you could get a new phone i could but i won't so what happened in 1939 not a lot of really interesting stuff except for us boardwalk empire aficionados which we are nucky johnson not nucky thompson as he's named in the (laughs) show was indicted for income tax evasion. And I won't give any spoilers about what happens next. Mm. We'll save that for future years, future episodes. But it was not indicted for bringing Ladies of the Night over state lines. No, I mean, according to the timeline of the yeah. completely historically accurate documentary, Boardwalk Empire, the HBO version, Nucky Thompson was indicted
1: for that way earlier in the 20s, right? So... Mm-hmm. so- uh, you also found a link to a big boxing match in Atlantic City in 1939 between uh, boxer Tony Galento and a Kangaroo. Ladies and gentlemen, on my left, Tony Galento, the little man who floored Joe Louis before he went the way of all the others. On my right, King Kang, a natural-born fighter from the forests of Australia. Tony and Kang are mixing it up in the match of the century, and the crowd is in a frenzy. From... What I gathered watching the video, it sounded like, you know, Tony Galento ended up edging out the kangaroo on points, but uh,
0: I'm I'm not going to lie. I had lie. a chuckle.
1: I, I had a chuckle watching it. Tony didn't look like he was giving it his all. I, I don't think so. I think he
0: could have maybe given the kangaroo a little more of the business, <laughs> but there's also just no way to do this video justice without you going and seeing it because it's everything about it. Like the sound, the the, the person speaking is like so out of a current film like in Captain America when he's back in the 20s. Well, I don't remember. Was Captain America the 40s or was it World he War 1? He was no, it was World War 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the newsreel of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um I guess that makes sense because it's
1: 1939.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm stuck in the 20s. Everything in Atlantic City is the 20s, including the the 20s restaurant at the Claridge. Uh yeah, it's, it you got to see it to believe it. That was way too much that I we just talked about it longer than the video is. Uh,
1: well, we, we did learn this week though, Craig, that not everyone dressed as conservatively as we were saying in the twenties from this week's Boardwalk Empire. Some people their oh. sk- their skirts were too short. That's true. We'll
0: get to that in the Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> part. That was a there were a lot of good scenes in this, this episode. Which we'll talk about. Uh, you gotta wait till the very end if you yes. want. We're saving the the content that the people most anticipate.
1: Yep. The Boardwalk Empire recap <laughs> of, course. of a ten year old show. So you also put a link to the nineteen thirty-nine to nineteen forty Atlantic City Seagulls of the Eastern Hockey League. So why did you why did you link this team, Craig? As far as I can tell, nothing
0: remarkable about the team. I think they came in like fourth out of six. Except one remarkable thing. Two players on the team, Harry Dick and Dick Groom, both on the same team. You'd think you could get them together and they would just be like reasonable Dick. <laughs>
1: I mean, you you need both sort of. Yeah. I mean, if you got one, you need true. the other. I guess that's a good point. But it does. Yeah.
0: I hope they were on a line <laughs> together, and just the chemistry was perfect. <laughs> yeah, like uh, oh. like you play EA EA whatever NHL hockey, and you put two of them on your same shell team or whatever they call it, and they just have perfect chemistry because it's Harry Dick and Dick Groom. not because they're on the same team in the same league, which is how it actually works. It's because the names or extreme synergy. Yes. Anyways, the Trump Plaza demolition date is set. The Trump Plaza demolition date is set. It seems unreal to say that because it's just been so delayed and delayed with a lot. Not even delayed, but the fight over when it would happen. Would it be in like, you know, July or February? It seems like it's going to be January 29th and they're actually going to implode it, which is crazy. And so the city plans to auction off the ability to be the person who presses the button to make the implosion happen to benefit the boys and girls club of Atlantic city. So are you going to make a bid?
1: Uh, given that the auction is already over $50,000. I, I suspect that I will not be entering the bidding. Mm. I think we should crowdsource it. Oh, we could take our Patreon funds and, mm-hmm. and put it towards it, I guess. Or go fund it. You could put all your own only fans money towards it. Right. Yes. The only fans. And then <laughs> that's what people really want. Uh, Ky- that, Kyle and
0: I, Craig only fans. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you what the people do not want. We could call ourselves Harry Dick and Dick Groom. <laughs> I'm not sure which is which. We'll find out after the show. Yeah,
1: we wouldn't we wouldn't know until it <laughs> happened.
0: All right. Oh boy. Wow. So that's wow. that's what I mean real news there in the middle of all that just nonsense is that the Trump Palace is going to be de- demolished in January. In yeah. like a month, a month and a half. Yeah.
1: So and- that's good. Atlantic City will raise some money. Well, Atlantic City Charity will get some money raised for it.
0: One thing we should try to be putting it over under on is is when will that not just be like an empty hole in the skyline? Uh, Which is better than what it is now, I should clarify. I mean, even oh, though it is oh, the DFAW headquarters on our yes. logo. And it will be sad that our logo is now inaccurate.
1: And probably the same time that the, uh, you know, Pinnacle Hotel and Casino gets finished. I don't know. <laughs> the obvious thing is just to sort of fill in the walk. Like, extend the walk to the boardwalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they were always talking about doing. So, Which would be great. And it would be significantly cheaper than building a new giant hotel Yes, with no casino because it's probably not really super profitable to be making such a thing now. I think it's going to be a water park. Oh. You don't have it in the agenda, but there has been water park news. Uh, yeah. But it's not worth talking about because bar is not going to actually do anything. He wants he wants twenty years of tax. Uh, yes, he wants $100 million in in uh, tax rebate, tax credits. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to talk about that. Nope. All right. So <laughs> let's go to uh, you know COVID cast time. What you all are really here for. So all Pennsylvania casinos have been shut down since uh, Saturday, December twelfth, and are reopening at the earliest on January fourth. New York City shut down indoor dining entirely. But n j, it's still still holding out, right, Craig? Yeah, so we have indoor dining at like twenty five percent.
0: still the 10 pm. curfew on on indoor dining and drink service. no bars, which we've talked about, but the casinos still allowed to be open twenty four hours. so I don't know. I mean, we have our bet, our five dollar bet where I said that they won't close. I mean, we're two weeks away from the end of December,
1: which is when the bet ends. Yeah, no, no, I think you're you're totally safe. Do you think that's fine? um i mean it's fine for your bottom line i guess <laughs> my five dollars uh, i don't know i mean there's no good options here really i mean is it fine not really Is like shutting down again for an extended period if i'm fine like not not really uh, i don't know
0: it's one of those things where like i know that uh bob mcdevitt from from the union The Mm -hmm. Casino Workers Union has said that there's no evidence that it spreads in casinos. Obviously, there's some data that a bunch of casinos workers have gotten it, although it's not necessarily clear that they've gotten it at the casino. And if there's no evidence of that, then there's no real reason to close the casinos in my mind. But also, it just seems odd that there's going to be New Year's Eve parties (laughs) in casinos in Atlantic City. (laughs) Uh, You know, whatever they are at 25% capacity, which is like 25% of the fire code, not like... 25% 25% of what you would normally have on a very full night at a casino. So that seems a little odd to me. But again, without the evidence, like I'm not real huge on closing no. things with without
1: real clear evidence. I, I was reading an article about how someone or other came out with some statistics that are like, you know, 80% of all COVID cases that were successfully more or less contact traced or whatever to figure out where it came from came from private parties or whatever like family get-togethers or you know something like that and like very little of it came from more public settings like casinos or restaurants or whatever but uh, I mean I think the problem with that data is probably the same problem that that the data has that Bob Devitt's talking about that like you you can't contact trace getting it in a restaurant or getting it in a casino it's just not easy because you don't know who you're with basically so uh, I don't really buy it I mean there have been plenty of cases of of you know I know at the Cherokee Casino down in uh, North Carolina, like you know, one of the whole pits basically got decimated by COVID or whatever. And I I don't believe that it doesn't spread there, but I, I mean, I suspect it's it's not as bad as going to someone's house or whatever and and chilling out indoors with no mask for a few hours. But I don't I don't think it's safe either. When this news came out originally, uh, you know, last weekend, I was thinking, oh, it'll be
0: really surprising if it, if New Jersey doesn't put some restriction on at least New Year's Eve in Atlantic City,
1: but... Uh, I don't think they're going to.
0: Yeah, I mean, as it gets closer, I really don't think they are, and I think they're just going to say, okay, 25% it is, and and it's because you're also in a weird spot where if you change it and you say, like, oh, it's actually 15% for New Year's Eve, like, why is New Year's Eve any different than, than anything else, right? I mean, there's also the issue that if they can't serve drinks after 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve, are you really going to want to be at the casino on New Year's Eve? Or are they going to do a countdown until 10 p.m.? <laughs> When everyone leaves, it's like yeah, you would think fake, that that, fake that would be a problem, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, can, I don't know. We'll, some, like, we'll see how that goes. But sp- Sparkling apple juice or something. <laughs> ah, yeah, maybe.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't wait two hours for that. No, that doesn't sound good. And we'll we'll get to a bit more about, about what this is doing in the casinos later, but it doesn't seem like a good situation for anyone.
0: Meanwhile, though, opening at the casinos, Harris Poker Room reopening the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, as they call it in the UK and Canada. Yeah. Canada's basically part of the UK, right?
1: Uh, more or less.
0: <laughs> they still have the queen on their money. I don't, is that still true? I don't even
1: know. Oh, yeah. No, no. that's definitely true. <laughs> I don't know. It's It seems like very strange timing to open your poker room yeah. up to me. But, I mean, given like how badly casinos are doing, given that you would think they would want to only keep the things open that are like the most profitable things in the casinos. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, they're probably doing it for some reason.
0: Oh, the only poker room open in Atlantic City right now is Borgata. So, they will be the second poker room open. Interestingly, both of them will be in the marina. But I have a feeling poker players are not, you know, casino hopping. They're just going wherever no. they go to typically play poker.
1: Their preferred poker room. I mean, for, like, tournaments and stuff. Which, are they actually having tournaments yet or no? Is it only cash? I'm assuming it's it's all cash games and yeah. most of the well, same restrictions yeah, then it's Borgata. Probably you're, you're just going to one poker room then.
0: Yeah, so... Right now, I'll link to the David Danza's article, but uh, right now, nothing has been announced about resuming poker at Tropicana, which is obviously also owned by Caesars. Um, Bally's, which is, I guess, no longer owned by Caesars or in the process of no longer being owned by Caesars. Hmm. Or Golden Nugget. Um, and then Ocean has removed its poker tables as it sort of reshuffles things. They've moved high-limit stuff around, and so the poker is gone from there and then Hard Rock Caesars and Resorts don't have poker normally, so don't expect any update from them. It would be very shocking if they were like, Oh yeah, we're opening the poker <laughs> So that's the poker poker chat. Mm. I know at least one poker fan in our Facebook group was happy about this announcement. Who? One of the Justins.
1: Oh, <laughs> one of the many. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. So, we'll talk about data. We promised you guys last time, promised, and I'm sure that you're all going to hold us to it, that we talk about Q3 profits a little bit. So, I actually did go ahead and, and take a look at the numbers a little bit. So, just so you know, Q3 profits were down 37% from 2019. Gross operating profit for all the casinos was $150 million, uh, which is really not the worst thing in the world, uh, considering what the situation is right now. I mean, obviously, that this leaves out some some other parts of the profit equation, but better than expected, all of the casinos had an operating profit in Q3, which, again, is quite surprising, I think. The real standout to me in terms of not doing well in terms of profit, and this isn't a surprise given that their revenue has been a real disaster and they have, you know, the highest expenses, basically, in the game because they assume they have high revenue has been borgata only making two million dollars in profit basically um they're probably the big disappointment but uh have you had a chance to look at this at all or do you have any thoughts craig
0: yeah i mean borgata like they were closed for
1: a significant portion of the quarter probably whatever three uh, over three weeks of the quarter right so well but i don't think it counts the time that that they were closed or whatever i think your loss your your revenues and expenses were considered zero for that time or whatever but you know, I, I you think could they would
0: wrong. have. I, I would think that they would be accruing expenses, but no revenue mm, in that time. Maybe, but I, I don't know exactly how it works. You're probably right. So this predates the 10 p.m. Like none of the 10 p.m. restriction stuff is accounted for in this. Mm-hmm. So, so like we're gonna see when we talk about November data this clear change. Spoilers. Uh, but it is interesting. I mean, I was expecting significantly I, significantly worse than 150 million. I was expecting at least someone to have a loss. But yeah, I agree with what you said. I mean, Borgata, with such small revenue, is pretty alarming. But I would have said this was really great news. Like, when this came out, I thought, this is amazing. I mean, really amazing news in terms of you would think it means that nobody's in totally dire straits here. Borgata certainly should have the cash or MGM should have the cash on hand to to, to deal with a, a down quarter but now that we're going back into more restrictions and and the off season it has me a little bit worried about Q4 but I don't know do you have any other thoughts on that before we get into the start of Q4 and what we're seeing
1: Yeah so just I don't know what crinkling is happening on your side <laughs> but uh just one more thought they they also had some uh, occupancy stats and Again, the, the real standouts there, uh, on the downside was Borgata, who has just under three thousand rooms in their property, the biggest casino in Atlantic City, it it appears, in terms of rooms. Uh, their occupancy rate was just below forty-five percent. Uh whereas the best performing hotel by a really huge margin in terms of occupancy was was Ocean, which was at, you know, just over ninety-seven percent occupied during these three months. So And I know for a fact this does only count the days that they were open. Yeah. Ocean killing it. What can you say? Amazing Q3 for Ocean. Indeed.
0: So November, what happened in November? Did you get a chance to look at that? (laughs) Uh,
1: I I, I did get a chance to look at that. So I don't think there's anything we can say beyond it was just an absolute disaster in every way, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about or I talked about last episode sort of
0: seeing this not quite cutting in half every month, the the, the difference between 2019 and 2020 for the month. So uh, we saw minus 30% in August, minus 15% in September, minus 8% in October. And so uh, we we're sort of seeing this really uh, not even gradual, pretty rapid move toward pre-pandemic numbers. Um, although I, I didn't give enough weight in the last episode to the, to the five weekend month. <laughs> And the, and what that did to cut that deficit down. But then, I mean, November, just minus 34.5% was just an absolute kick in the balls. And for a lot of the casinos, the individual numbers for a lot of the casinos were atrocious, starting with Bally's, just an unbelievable number. So I don't know. I mean, do you have any really standouts? Or is it just this overall sense of completely ridiculous?
1: Yeah, so so Hard Rock actually, you know, gained money compared to last year and every other casino ended up losing money and every other casino except for Ocean and Hard Rock lost at least a a third, at least 33%, you know, or made 33% less money than than last year in November. So it it was really shocking across the board. You know, I I think the the standout month was a 6 million dollar month by Bally's. I mean, that's the worst month we've seen in a long time, right? Oh yeah, I mean, that's like, like since like twenty twenty twelve or something, probably. I, yeah, like Trump Taj or Trump
0: Plaza pre-closing numbers. But I I don't quite understand because it's split into to, into half two half months on the data, and so I don't know if that's the changing of hands or if it's just that like the whatever the sort of formal entity that reports the, to the Division of Gaming Enforcement if that changed in the middle, so now it's listed as. No longer as, you know, Bally's Park Place or whatever it was, but some new thing. Um, but you, you would think that that well, would not affect the numbers. Like, it would still add up to
1: <laughs> to a full month and, like... Well, so so was it, like, the change in ownership was reflected or whatever? At the very least, there was a name change. Because if it's the change in ownership, you would think that it actually would be impacted quite a bit negatively because they'd lose all the wild wild rust revenue. Oh, right. Except that Caesars was still – Except Caesars was a dumpster fire, too.
0: So, yeah. So And and so I saw that and I thought, like, there's something weird about this data because that's the first one that shows up because it's alphabetical. And I was thinking, like, this is just not reliable. We can't even compare. And then you just go down the list and it's like, okay, so they were down 53 percent, but then Caesars was down 56 percent. Yeah, so not forty nine. Golden Nugget was down forty nine percent. Caesar's was down fifty six percent. So even worse.
1: Harris was down fifty one percent.
0: Yeah, so and we have three casinos under ten million. So like even the six point two whatever was not. I mean, it's atrocious, but you know, it's got company with Golden Nugget at eight point seven and and Resorts at eight point nine. So I mean, it was an awful awful month. There's and there's just no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, it's unbelievably
1: bad. The the two standouts really the two standouts for me or $12 million months for Caesars and Harrah's like that is so bad. It's it's unreal. I mean, it's,
0: it's really crazy. And there was an Amy Rosenberg article, uh, I think last week or maybe the week before where she interviewed some casino executives, including Joe Lupo at hard rock about the change to 10 PM dining, indoor dining cutoff and 10 PM drink service cutoff. And, and I had sort of thought, you know, Gamblers go to AC to gamble. The drinks are kind of secondary. But the picture that they painted was really that, you know, 10 p.m., people head for the exits. Like, it's unbelievable. It's, they might as well close because, like, people just leave. And it really makes you realize, like, how much people go to Atlantic City and sort of see drinking and gambling as very, very complimentary. Or they see the free drinks on the casino floor is like, a huge, huge perk, right, <laughs> of, of playing in Atlantic City. So I don't know if, if you have any
1: additional thoughts on that. For me, it was a big surprise. I don't I don't think this is what either of us expected. I mean, like you said, it, it does make some sense, though. You know, we're all kind of biased by what we personally like and the food or whatever is just not an important part of the experience for me, though no drinks is, is an annoyance. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think other people... It is really important for them, and and I, gu- I guess it does make sense that, that either people just aren't coming at all or when they're coming, they're leaving early because, you know, if you can't get food and drink after 10 p.m., there's no reason to be there.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I know I saw in the Everything EC group some people said, like, yeah, 10 p.m. hits, I go up to the room, and we drink more in the room. And so to me, like, I don't mind going and buying a cocktail in the first place. Like, if I'm going to drink, I'd rather drink something good, although certainly, you know, I'll take a free drink on the on the casino floor. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people who feel, who go to casinos who feel like the drinks are free and that's a huge perk. I think especially, I was talking to my brother about this and he made the point that, you know, most people are not like drink aficionados. They don't care about getting the best cocktail. They just want to go and get their, you know, rum and coke or their Bud Light or whatever it is. And, Atlantic City ha- has a big advantage. Like, people are driving past probably other casinos. Like, you would be driving past casinos to get to Atlantic City. I would be driving in the opposite direction of closer casinos to get to Atlantic City. And what Atlantic City can offer, one thing that Atlantic City can offer, is free drink service on the casino floor. Horseshoe Baltimore can't offer that. Like, none of the casinos in Maryland can offer that. I don't think the Pennsylvania casinos can offer that, but maybe I'm wrong. So I never really thought that would be, like, a huge driving force, but maybe it's bigger than I realize. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's
1: again, it's, it's a bit surprising to me because it, when I think back, like, I don't even know why I did this or we did this, but I remember many times going to Vegas with friends, you know, especially kind of college friends back when I was in Arizona. And like, we would just bring like a ton of booze with us when we went to Vegas. And like, again, like drinks are free on the floor. Like, I have no idea why we did that, but like, I have many, many memories of, of drinking quite heavily in the room, you know, so I don't think it's, it's a big deal for me.
0: But if, yeah, if you're not a gambler though, like, like I think for Vegas, and why I didn't think this would impact AC as much, mm-hmm. um, is that people who go to Vegas, like the gambling is so secondary for them or even tertiary, right? Like they're going to a show, they're going there to drink probably and eat good food. But that, that wasn't me and my friends. I right. Mean... Yeah. But, but like maybe they swing back by the blackjack table for an hour at night or pull some slots for an hour. And so like the free drinks is probably not a big thing for them. For you and your friends, it was probably that you were cheaper and, and maybe weren't going yeah. kind to of gamble the entire time. Uh, and, and that's so probably never... <laughs> true. And we're just,
1: like, fucking around in the rooms and, and drinking there or whatever.
0: Right. So I was trying to – so so I was surprised that Atlantic City – like, I figured people went to Atlantic City to gamble and, like, everything else was secondary. And it turns out, like, the gambling and the drinking seems to just really go hand in hand. And I was trying to think, like, would this really affect me if I went? Like, at, would I just go up to the room at 10 o'clock? Which seems – it's weird. It's a weird hypothetical because we're not going. But – I think it wouldn't really bother me and I'd just like have drinks in the room. And whenever I got up to the room, I'd have another drink if I wanted one or, you know, I don't think I'd stop gambling at 10 just because of that. So I think that's part of why it's hard for me to relate. But it it makes more sense now that I see the data. I mean, I guess that's natural is like once you have the proof, (laughs) you believe it. But uh, yeah, it's just crazy. The numbers are just insane.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're awful. So uh, obviously has some, some impact.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, really, no reason to think that December
1: is going to get much better. And, and no, I, I think, I think December is going to be worse than November, frankly. Which it's like hard to imagine. I mean, we're we going to get like a four point something million dollar month or or something in December. I mean, it seems like we're just going to have a ton of under tens.
0: I mean, at some point, even like January and February, February are going to be even worse than than that. So, I, I mean, mean, who knows? who knows how long the restrictions will last? But I can't really see this coming out of this in the next i mean yeah months. in
1: in february is everyone going to be under 10 except for we hard rock and notion like <laughs> i guess so <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> who knows maybe you
0: know a bunch of old people will have been vaccinated and they'll just be flooding mm. and, res- and suddenly resorts will be number one that's true old old people and doctors the two most important demographics <laughs> for casinos i know i didn't think about that all of a sudden a huge market's coming right back
1: uh, maybe, maybe. I mean,
0: the other the other aspect of this, obviously, I mean, we're focused so focused on 10 p.m. dining. I mean, 10 p.m. dining and drinking. But, you know, there is also the effect of a huge increase in infections of COVID. And yeah, yeah people no, no, are, no. are I... more nervous about it and just not going. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, I think that's important. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are going to take this and they're going to put the blame on the governor of New Jersey or whatever and be like, look, you know, he's destroying the casinos in Atlantic City because of you know, these rules around dining or whatever, even though they're far less restrictive than other states like Pennsylvania and New York. Does it have a a role? Like, yes, it certainly does. And I think a lot of it, too, is that regardless of what the rules are, a lot of people just would not be going to Atlantic City right now. I mean, I know I'm someone that was, like, fairly open to the idea of going in kind of like late summer when things were were fine. I know you you weren't, but, like, I, I wouldn't be going to Atlantic City right now, certainly. Yeah, in retrospect, like
0: that was the time to go. Like July, mm. August was absolutely the time to go. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it is funny. Like we don't have a control group, right? Like we don't know what it would have been if they hadn't decided that dining had to close at 10 and drink service had to close at 10. Mm. So for all we know, like they, it would have been down 30,
1: yeah.
0: 33.55%. I mean, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, I may have mentioned,
1: I may have mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, I think I may have, but, uh, yeah, I, I was going to work like two or three times a week and through like kind of the, the late summer months and then i i just stopped going entirely like i think i went at the very beginning of november and I, I haven't been back since just because uh you know covid's been bad enough that i don't really want to go to the office
0: yeah so that makes a lot of sense so like all that talk like 15 minutes of talk about drink service like really probably you know let's put a huge percentage of this on actual infection numbers and and mm-hmm. people being reasonable about making decisions to save themselves and
1: indeed <laughs> Well, if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners to have yet more COVID talk, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win, but don't post about political stuff with COVID, please. Or I will delete you and or delete your comment and boot you from the group. Uh, you can... it's happened to quite a few people recently. Uh you can find all of our wonderful content and buy a shirt at doforwin.com. Reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig some questions to doforwin at gmail.com. Any last words, Craig? Uh I'm still thinking about Dick Groom and Harry Dick. I mean, isn't that what you're always thinking yeah. about?
0: <laughs> I'm always thinking about Harry Dick. Uh boy. Wow, set myself up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> Let's move on. This is, this is why yeah. we have an OnlyFans.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, we can't be giving this content away for free. No, it's terrible. So what about Boardwalk Empire? What happened? Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. It was uh, an episode kind of just pushing along the Nucky and Jimmy stuff a bit more. Uh, the big takeaway was that Nucky told Jimmy he's just not interested in being involved in kind of the Atlantic City politics anymore he's He's stepped down during the episode and and Jimmy is the new king of Atlantic City I don't know what el- what else do you want to talk about Well, I mean it seems pretty clear that he's not actually stepping down because he no, immediately... no he's, he's stepping down I mean people try to tell Jimmy this like you know you lie, but Jimmy was not having that because he is the king of Atlantic City and then he threw
0: Mickey Doyle the <laughs> balcony onto a table. Do we think Mickey Doyle's still alive? What do you think? Oh yeah, he's he's alive. Yeah, yeah we thought he was gonna die. Like he's two got more of in.
1: his awkward cackling. Yeah, to, he's great. I hated
0: him at the start. Now I love him. Yeah, I mean immediately after saying that he's stepping down, going to the Commodore's house, and and Nucky saying he's stepping down, and that basically it's Jimmy's town now. He meets with chalky white and tells chalky white to have all the black workers go on strike in atlantic city which basically presumably will cripple the city and it's kind of that's how he's handing jimmy his first huge task and it seems like setting up for i don't know either massive failures on the new regime or for who knows i don't know if jimmy would come to him and be like hey i need help like this terrible but obviously something's gonna happen where nucky's still hugely involved i mean there's like four seasons left of the show and well <laughs> he's he's going to ireland man oh and he's going he's gonna meet with what's his name mcgarigal who was yeah again yeah the guy that owen came oh, with yeah. and then killed his the guy he was chasing down so yeah any other thoughts what are what scenes really stood out to you because i feel like there are a few
1: you know other than the one i mentioned earlier in the episode yeah that of, was good uh, you know
0: jimmy's wife on the beach police yeah. the beach i mean now of course jimmy's wife has a new lady friend that was the, the follow-up oh, on that indeed
1: Oh, I thought, you know, the uh, I really liked the chat that Jimmy and his wife ended up having kind of outside the the beach house. Basically laid it all out. I know. It was good. It was good. It was a good scene. Uh, you had Nucky meeting with Johnny Torrio and Rothstein in the, uh, I believe it was the armory, right? Rothstein giving a great gambling analogy about oh, waiting for your flight. That's, play. that's perfect. And, and like, uh, I, I say, I mean, it was a great speech, but like, for me, like 100%, I think that is the most important skill to have. And like... I've been lucky with, like, some investments I've made in the past, but, you know, I-, I think that the most important thing that you need to be able to have is is the ability to not have to make a bet if you don't think that there's any wet- winning bets to be made. And it's, like, like the idea of these hedge funds and stuff, like, I've always been amazed because, like, they have to be betting 100% of the time, I think, and that's, like, such a, a difficult thing to be fighting against basically and and be making money Uh, i mean i i thought it was a a really great speech by by rothstein yeah it's
0: especially a good point i mean i I think like advantage players will feel like oh obviously you know you look for these advantages but even if you're just a casual sports better like you don't need to bet on every game i mean unless you're just putting five bucks on a game to make it more fun to watch that's totally fine but like if you think you're beating the system or whatever the best piece of advice is you don't have to have a bet every night like you don't have to have a bet on every game you watch. Like you don't, because it's so easy to like convince yourself that you know more than you do. But if you wait for those moments where you like really see something that seems odd or off, then those are the places to jump in. So yeah, I agree. Really hit home for our podcast and, and tied it together. I think even though no, it's you know, I'm not a yeah, it was, with,
1: but it was great. It was great.
0: <laughs> we oh we learned that Lucy is basically dipped. I guess I guess we sort of knew that by her leaving a diaper on the on mm-hmm. the record player, but. Uh, left Van Alden with a baby. Van Alden has a new, a
1: new housekeeper, new housekeeper or whatever, or baby, baby watcher. Yeah, that he's paying a penny. I guess baby watcher is not the preferred term, but she gets a, she gets a, a Sunday off every
0: month. So that's, that's true. Good. But with Van Alden, so like it seemed like he was becoming a Boy Scout again, and then he goes to the like lunch counter and they tell him that it's free, and then it seems like he's talking to the good. agent and he's sort of yeah. questioning the ethics, right? And so he's like, I would never accept this free meal, like that's like morally questionable and then he like looks at the check and crumples it up and throws it and doesn't pay and walks away that so good. that was a good That was scene.
1: good uh ah, there was a lot a lot of good scenes this this episode
0: yeah i thought it was a great episode very good and and yeah. obviously huge moving the plot forward to have jimmy now you know jimmy seems king, like king very Fury. unlikable by the way
1: oh yeah he's uh i think he's at his his maximum point of unlikableness in, in the show so far yeah super annoying doesn't seem it, to know what he's doing you know it it waxes and wanes i'm sure he'll be likable again in a few episodes but. that's true well as always uh thank you guys very much for for listening i hope you have a, a safe and, and healthy holiday season and, and new year and we'll probably talk to you again in 2021 happy new year make those new Year's resolutions
0: oh we, have, we forgot to do the best of. let's do it right now <laughs> best of
1: 2020
0: we've been to no, no, next no. Year a lot i think we have a lot to say
1: Uh, i mean you know we have to you know keep them waiting for something so so next time craig
0: i think we still have to do a best of 2019 too so we have Uh, a lot of pitching up to
1: do (laughs) well all the times we went in in 2020 all the time we went well thank you thank you guys again for listening and and we'll talk to you in in 2021 2021 we will not have an episode for 100 years
0: and two weeks indeed
1: Oh, did you see they traded Baltimore to get Eddie Powers? I wonder what the Baltimore team was called. Uh, they were the Baltimore Orioles. That's quite boring. No, that's it's great. The Baltimore Orioles had someone from Edinburgh.
0: Really? You don't
1: you don't get that a lot in uh Yeah. You wouldn't think there's a lot of people from Scotland playing. They led the league.
0: Coached by Bill Pick Hines. Hmm there are not nearly as many good names on this team
1: i mean come on jack tootin is pretty funny. that is pretty good
0: jack tootin carl the orioles legend carl ripley <laughs> <laughs> like a cat ripkin knockoff
1: ap we're only number eight <laughs> <laughs>